This is the Real Digital Transformation podcast series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best-selling author Thomas Earl. Hi, this is Thomas Earl, and welcome to another episode of the Real Digital Transformation podcast series. This now is part two of our two-part interview with data science expert Wajit Katak. Many in IT understand an algorithm to be something specific in relation to a predefined series of functions um, that are carried out as part of a programming routine or as part of um, an architectural design or, or whatnot. An algorithm within the context of a data science system is it similar? Does it exist that way? Or is there are there distinct characteristics of a data science algorithm? So, yeah, interesting one. So I think uh, in terms of per programming uh, algorithm, yeah, that's a very much kind of like a set of instructions. Like this is, this is step A, step B, step C, and that's more or less what constitutes a uh, algorithm. However, in the world of, data science, machine learning, the, the algorithm is more of, you could say, as a blueprint. So just, just it, it doesn't... Was it a blueprint yeah. of what? So uh, a blueprint of solving a specific type of problem, put it this way. So but, in other but, words... Yeah. But a blueprint of solving a problem, but how does it exist? Is it similar to a programming algorithm does it does the data science algorithm exist as a series of steps as 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 a set of logic that is carried out in a certain manner is it yeah. similar conceptually to a regular algorithm so in, in terms of machine learning that algorithm would exist in again depending upon uh, it differs from type to type but let's say staying within the classical machine learning uh, not within the neural networks area so for example so in let's say decision trees or if it is uh, bayesian networks so again in that case it's literally you can say it's a formula it's a mathematical formula however it's it's not it doesn't exist in the form of steps it's just one formula. And some part of that formula, the, those aspects, you can you, you know about them, and they come from your training data, say, for example. Uh, but the, the other part of the rest of the formula, uh, what we call it is the parameters of that, uh, let's say, that formula. Uh, those are the parameters. Those aspects are something that we need to learn by it training uh, on historical data or already known data. Um, so an algorithm exists as a mathematical formula. Who who created that formula? Where did it come from? So again, each, each, uh, each breed of uh, machine learning algorithms, they have their own history. Some of the classical machine learning models, let's say algorithms, they actually, most of them, they come from, they have a statistical kind of like background. So uh, a lot of them, they are based on some sort of a, uh, some work of statistics. So let's say the Bayesian um, uh, algorithms within machine learning, they, they are all based on 
the work performed by uh, Thomas Bayes. So long time ago, yeah, it dates back to his work, which is all so it's all to do with probabilities. Okay, if the, I Rashid, if I uh, if you could show me um, the math the uh, sorry the mathematical formula behind the the Bayesian um, algorithm. What, what would I see? Would it be just pages full of complex mathematical statements, or is it is it a concise formula? Is it ultra complex? How how does it yeah. exist? So, yeah. if we just take the example of linear regression, then in that case, the formula is our very simple uh, linear uh, uh, line. Uh, formula, which is y is equal to mx plus b. So that that's pretty much it. That's, that's the algorithm. That's that's the algorithm. Okay. Nothing special. Yeah. So it's now if if you just write it down as y equals mx plus b. Some people use okay. a, a, uh, a x plus b doesn't matter. Now some part. So it's just a matter of then finding the unknowns within this formula. So why is the bit we are trying to find? Why is our target value in this case? And then on the right-hand side, we have got, let's say, mx plus b. x is the known. So x is our uh, historical data in this case. And then the m and the b, let's say, those are the two parameters that we need to learn through uh, iterating our data. So okay. the, the training process then helps us to determine the values of M and B. And once we have that, then it's just a simple formula. Then you can so find the value of Y. The Y is the solution to our problem? Y is the thing we are trying to find in this particular okay. case. Yeah. So the Y would be, um, going back to our example, would be the... Um, would be the information we need to customize our phishing net. Yeah, so I think in that case, because our phishing net problem is a little bit, uh, let's say, different. That's more of a, uh, we are trying to uh, catch fish. So it's more of a categorical problem rather than like trying to predict a number, let's say. So let's say if we were to predict how many salmons we're going to see in this water body, then that's a y is equal to, you know, that kind of I stuff. See. Okay. So but, based but, on the net we have to work with, if we were mm-hmm. to do a linear regression um, analysis, this would give us an indication of how many fish on average, perhaps we should be hauling in. Uh, yeah. So let's say on a given day with this kind of like temperature of C. So M, so your X, the known thing is, let's say the the, okay. the, the, the temperature of the water. Thank you. So, um, all right. So we, the algorithm exists as a mathematical formula, which can be as simple as what we're looking at, or I'm assuming can also be much more complex. Yeah. So as we, so again, within the, uh, let's say if we talk about naive Bayes uh, category of algorithms, then again, it's a, it's a very simple formula. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it just fits in like <laughs> on a very small uh, uh, area, so it's not like mm-hmm. a massive reams of papers. The, 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 when we start going into the realms of, let's say, neural networks, again, the the 
the algorithm itself is pretty much straightforward because then it's the, the, the dynamics of the algorithm change a little bit because the way the neural networks work, it's, it has, a neural network has got different parts. So you might be selecting the, the activation function the mm-hmm. loss function. So then you need to, these are your kind of like uh, hyperparameters, like which which of these two select. Okay. But then in terms of the, the actual workings, it's not really a mathematical formula then. So that's what the difference lies between our classical machine learning algorithms versus the neural network or the uh, uh, deep learning uh, algorithms. Okay, so with, I, I, I want to take a step back from that because I want to keep things as as simple as possible um, with this particular episode. Uh, So I think we understand how an algorithm exists and we feed data into this formula. We get results. We find out what Y is based on different types of parameter data that we feed into the formula. Um, Now, what is a model? How does it exist? So, again, going back to our uh, fishing expedition, so the algorithm was just that kind of like a uh, vanilla net. Now, the model in that analogy would be our fully uh, customized uh, fishing net itself, whereby we have uh, tuned the weights. And now if we take that analogy back and we just bring it back to our machine learning world, over here, the model is literally the trained uh, or the learned parameters. So that, that literally is the model. That, that, that is the intelligence. It, it, let, me, it, let, me, let me interrupt you, Ajit, just to better understand. Um, so the... Okay, going back to our example, um, the results of this model training and of our data science um, process here was for us to better customize, give us the data intelligence we need to better customize our fishing net. So um, if we look at it that way, the fishing net exists as something outside of this process. We use this to produce data to help us customize it. So is the model then the design of the fishing net? Is it the parameters in which the fishing net needs to be um, created within? Or is it the customization data we need to, to improve our fishing net? Like if we, if we are, if, if our fishing company is using, using a data science system to customize its fishing nets, then in the data science system, the model produces that data intelligence for us. But how in the data science system does the model exist? Is it a software program? Is it, um, uh, is it, is it a software program with an API that receives the output of our algorithm formula and then... Yeah works with that to produce the results? How, what, how, how would you just help simplify that? Yeah, sure, sure. So once we have the model, then because we, we are within the bounds of 
a computing system, then naturally the, the learned model would exist in the form of, put this way, in s some sort of a, uh, you can say a code, a piece of code, some, again, a software, put this way. And internally, what that software is, that's what I was referring to. It's it's basically those learned parameters, the learned values of M and B, going back to our linear regression. But th th those are the, th that's the actual intelligence that we have learned from the uh, data. However, that would exist in the form of some uh, sort of a uh, piece of software. Okay. But, then, but it's mm. it's a special type of software. It's software that is it it's software that augments itself based on the input it receives from the algorithm. Like it's not just a compiled piece of software program that we deploy as an executable and it does a certain predefined task. This is special code designed to receive special data and that can be evolved over time to improve its output. Is that correct? Yeah. So the, the model would actually exist in the form of a data structure. So once we have learned all this, all this intelligence would, would be some sort of a data structure, a, a, a complex data structure. Now that gets stored somewhere. And then when you call the model, when you pass in the uh, its inputs, the required inputs in this case, then the model would act upon those inputs and then would produce a result. Okay, well, so it's a data structure? Yeah. But, so it, but it's also code. Uh, code is, yeah. <laughs> so it gets a little bit difficult without getting a bit more technical in terms of like what exactly yeah, I don't, is a model. And I don't want to get more technical. I just want to conceptually establish what it is because it 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 appears to be a unique type of component um and i you know it's discussed but i don't know how many people actually understand what it really is and, and how it works and we try to relate it to traditional uh, application development and but it seems distinct from that and i, I just want to in simple terms, you know, better understand it. So it's it's code that is accompanied by a predefined data structure, um, or or is the data structure itself influenced by what it receives from the algorithm? Uh, the data structure is our customized version of what we have actually learned from the data. So the actual data structure embodies our intelligence it embodies what the model has learned and then by using code around it put it this way it we then call that data structure to actually let's say make a prediction okay so um if you were to look at a model uh it, it, so the model is provided is, is there like a default model provided by the machine learning system or, or the, the, the data science environment? Is there like, here's your starter model and then the, the code and the data structure are then further shaped by how it's trained by the algorithm or does the model not exist until we begin 
outputting data from the algorithm. And then that basically creates a brand new model from scratch. How, how does it manifest? Yeah. So yeah, by default, there won't be any model. So again, we select the algorithm. Then we start at that time. Then we will have a very bare bone model that is not really of any use. So select the algorithm that kind of internally gives us a model, but that's of no use. So then we start training the model and then it becomes useful. And then it exists as a complex data structure that could be then called via an API to make predictions. Okay. And um, so the data structure, the, the part of a model that changes over time as it undergoes training or retraining, once we want to improve it after it's being used in production, the part of the model that changes, is it the data structure? Is it the, the code, the logic within the model, or is it both? So just to clarify, the code, there won't be any code within the data structure or within the model itself. The code is just there to call the model and make it work. The, the actual model is just that complex data structure. So when you retrain it, yeah, when you re retrain it, then basically you are readjusting those weights, if, if, if you can relate back to our analogy. So it's internally then the, there would be, let's say some bits that would get changed within our data structure. And then it would be a different, just imagine it's a big blob. And uh, it's just, it gets, Again, with not going into too much details, but it gets stored in a specific manner. Mm -hmm. However, some bits would change as a as a consequence of our retraining, and then it becomes, let's say, version two. So it would change its intelligence, and now it would be, let's say, it would be capturing a different type of pattern. Say, for example. Okay, um, let me ask you another question. Just from a really basic perspective, in our linear regression example, the algorithm provides the formula, um, but the, the data, we're running it through the algorithm. So by the time the algorithm has processed data, we already have uh, a value associated with Y, do we not? Um, before it reaches the model? Is that correct? Or is the solution to our problem, the value of Y, is that determined by the processing that occurs within the data structure of the model? Is the output of the model the result of, uh, is the value of Y, or is the output of the algorithm the value of Y that the model then further processes? No, it's the, the the actual as part of training at that time the the value of y we are getting that y is already known at that no, point known when it's known after the algorithm no, is done with it no, or during during our training so while we are training yep both the y and the x they are both known right. only then we only then we know how good or bad we are doing right during the training so here I'll use my mouse here the this here has the formula. Um, this is processing data using this formula. So by the time 
this reaches the model. Do we know why? Uh, you can't really separate out, you know, the the actual arrow. It it, it it's, one, it's this here together. It, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's okay. it's like it's more like like pictorially you would say that, but in terms of like once you have chosen the algorithm, then behind the scenes you have got like a bare bone model that you need to train. So the the model is it's the model logic processing the algorithm. In a way, you could say then, so the data would then, let's say, go directly to the model as part of the training. And then you, uh, yeah, it processes the the actual data. Okay, as part so it's of the its model learning. software program that uses yeah. the algorithm as an input to process the uh, input data to produce the data structure that it then uses to produce the results. Yeah. So okay. once it is fully trained, then the model exists as that complex data structure. There. And then thereafter, because it already has the algorithm mm -hmm. um, as part of its processing scope, it can receive new data and continue to produce new results. Yeah. I mean, in, it's just uh, implicitly it has that because it came from that algorithm. So model has that uh knowledge of like how it should work in terms of the algorithm okay so yeah so it, it, it's kind of like a given this is already inside it put it this way if you want okay. to yeah. last question wajit for today um the process of training what so from what what we've learned from you so far uh about how the algorithm relates to the model how they work together um, it's, it's about taking data, uh, processing it in a matter so that we get intelligence from that data relevant to our problem. And so we select an algorithm <clears throat> that helps us, um, shape a model and its data structure in the best way possible for us to get the best solution to our problem. Um, why is it? called training uh it it looks just like a data processing task we're processing data the more data we process um the 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 more the results are shaped by what we are inputting into our system um what is there first of all is there more to the process of training and and why do we refer to it as training so, again, I mean, going back to our fishing expedition, the until less we have those, like uh, at least a few number of those friendly salmons, we we would have no idea how to best tune our weights for uh, each of the cells within the uh, fishing net. So, same goes for our machine learning model. Unless we have that historical data, that, that data, unless we pass that data through our model, it won't have any intelligence. So in order to grow it or develop its intelligence, it needs to look at that data. So it, And it's different from our, let's say, day-to-day -day or more um, like our... Uh, 
sort of like data processing because we are not in a normal data processing you will take some data in perform an operation and is your output but in this case you are not changing the let's say the original let's say the data itself you are using that to come up with a decision or come up with some sort of a uh, prediction so that's why but to to do that business of uh, making a prediction you need to have uh captured the patterns that are lying within the data and for that you need to do the training but is is training just another word for data structure optimization or data intelligence optimization is that's all we're doing right we're just improving um the quality of of the data that's relevant to our problem so yeah i think it's uh, so when you say improving the quality of data or data structure to start with within the machine learning world there is no data structure as such to, to start with so to, to build that complex data structure that we were referring to as data model we have to pass data and then in other words train our model so unless we do that we can't achieve that data structure so to start with there is no data structure the, the model isn't even there mm -hmm. no i understand so, I, i i understand uh, we talked about the fact that we're basically creating a model from scratch as part of this process um i just wanted to understand the the process of training so uh the what we refer to as training a model is essentially a process whereby using an algorithm and using input data we're creating a new data structure and we're continually improving it to produce the best results relevant to the problem we're trying to solve is that it is that what training is or is there anything more yeah in a nutshell but just i think it's a little bit again it's probably the uh, just it's a little bit of a oversimplification that okay. it's it's not really a data at the end of the day we won't we, we don't really talk about having a data structure within the machine learning kind of a uh, world it's it's always about the model it's just in terms of in it, in its very basic form how does it if you look at the model how does it look like so at its very very basic level it's some sort of a data structure mm -hmm. but to get to that you you can't define that data structure yourself you have to have an algorithm and then you have to go through that this process to get to that data structure so the, the quick quick question when we train a model are we always limited to one algorithm or can you train a model using multiple algorithms uh no so one model would be coming from one algorithm so however you can train multiple models based on the same data set and then that's when we get into the realms of like ensemble ensemble learning and you know doing like a voting kind of a thing right thereby just to choose which model is better but uh, one model would come from one algorithm um in our previous example where we realized we had chosen the wrong algorithm for our fishing expedition 
um, and we had to go back and choose a different algorithm altogether because we realized it was a different or greater problem that we're trying to solve. Would you just then abandon your the model you had trained and deployed previously and start from scratch? Or would there be any benefit to bringing in a new algorithm and working with the model that had been previously trained on a different algorithm? So I think it all depends what type of machine learning you're doing. So if, 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 if you are in like the classical kind of like we're using one of the classical algorithms, then you, 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 you can still keep the old model as your baseline because whatever new algorithm you have chosen and then you train the new model, you can use your old, not so well-performing model as a kind of like a gauge. So that, that, that would serve, that can serve as a baseline uh, again, you, you need to determine how good or bad you're doing. So just to make sure that, yeah, I'm doing better than what I was doing before, you keep the old one. But taking this uh, concept to uh, another level, let's say we are like our version A or the very first model was based on a particular architecture of a neural network, let's say. And then we realize that, oh, no. We are not getting good results. We need to totally change the architecture. Then again, there's a concept of like transfer learning. And it could be that rather than just throwing, totally throwing away your uh, first model, you can keep certain parts of your model and then uh, retrain rest of the uh, model, uh, rest of the, again, we are talking about neural networks and rest of the layers of the model. So you can do a little bit of a, you have some, kind of like width uh, if you're working with neural networks. Okay. So okay. yeah, you, you, you may not need to throw away your whole model. You can still at least keep like the, the very first few layers and then uh, add uh, new layers based on the... And that's one of those decisions our, our data analyst can be part of um, in terms of deciding how this should be... Uh, you know, how the overall system should be changed or evolved if we do need to make drastic changes like bringing in a different algorithm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so in this case, your machine learning engineer would look into that, okay, maybe the the, the model is not capturing the, the actual concept, the, the pattern that's mm -hmm. hidden within the data. So uh, the machine learning engineer might need to introduce few more, like make the model more complex, like the architecture of your neural network more complex by introducing more hidden layers, say for example. Okay. So then that's the decision that yeah, the machine learning engineer would take. Thank you. Um, okay, I promise this will be the last question. Uh, the So our data science platforms, the data science technology we are relying on now in digital transformation initiatives, um, as part of digital technology adoption, as part of driving data intelligence as a major um, part of how we operate our business for both manual, human-based decision-making and autonomous decision-making that we haven't talked about today, but that relates to everything we've talked about today. Um, 
so we've, we've described the components individually and the process, algorithms, models, training. Uh, is this how data science systems will continue to operate or is model training going to change? Are there new ways that this will be carried out, new technology on the horizon that will make this better? So, uh, yeah, again, uh, as I think it's the trait of human beings that we all evolve and you're always trying to do things uh, uh, in, a, in a better way as time passes by. So, yeah, same goes for uh, the business of machine learning, uh, the, uh, training the machine learning models. So, again, it, that concept has been there for quite some time now. So it, that, That's why I ask, because this is nothing new. Everything we've yeah. just discussed today has been around for a long time and is being surrounded by much more modern technology, sophisticated technology innovations. And, um, and I'm just curious if there is activity, if, if you're aware of, a new generation of data science technology that might be in development that will supersede this and perhaps resolve some of the um, the common problems we have. We, we haven't talked about you know things like data bias and using bad input data and you know accuracy that much today, but uh, a lot of that relates to how despite our best efforts, everything we discussed today can fail. And, um, and also the, the process of training, uh, it, it's straightforward, but it, it's, it's quite primitive in terms of the steps that you undergo. Um, I'm just curious, based on any insight you might have as to whether there is some new generation of data science technology that will take this a step further. So, yeah, I think uh, in terms of like looking ahead. So uh, there are some concepts, some research within the areas of like, kind of like self-learning, whereby the algorithm would then, let's say you, uh, you have got like 100 set of examples. So rather than you teaching the algorithm what is, what is good, what's bad, let's say, the, the algorithm would itself let's say, take half of the data and then compare it against the rest of the data. And it would try to fully automate, uh, probably automate is not the right word here, but it would try to bring that intelligence. So rather than you coming up with those annotated examples of what's good and bad, it can even do the annotation itself, whereby uh, based on some comparison of uh, half of like uh, two halves of the data set and then comparing one half with the other one and trying to fully understand itself that whether this fish is a salmon or it's a tuna or whatever. Because that, that's one of the challenges with uh, machine learning, uh, the, the actual model training here, that you need to have good training data. But getting enough and good amount of training data is a problem in its own right. So if I understood that correctly, Wajit, with self-learning and a more sophisticated type of training process that that is um, 
in development or is coming our way, more of the upfront processing will, will occur um, with the algorithm before it begins shaping the uh, data structure of the model? Uh, not really. It would be part of the, let's say, the, uh, the, our current classical training. So it would be part of that process itself. So uh, in terms of like... So still uh, these two work together. They're, they're oh, part yeah, of, of the course. same environment. But yeah, the, yeah. the algorithm itself, there's a new generation of algorithms that will be capable of... That will, will not just exist as static formulas, but that will have logic built into them? Uh, I think it's, again, very uh, hard to say exactly how they would work because, again, a lot of that work is um, within, like, research area. So it's, it's in terms of, again, the basics of algorithm are, like, yeah, it's just formula, let's say. Yeah, just I should refer you... to it as the algorithm component, I guess. You know, that, yeah. that part, yeah. that part of the system, <laughs> yeah, part of that, the system. that yes. is based on a formula, but what... But what you're saying is that that part of the system, there may be improvements to it mm. to, for for it to do more processing in support of improving the data structure. Uh, yeah. So in terms of getting to that trained model, uh, in other words, the human involvement would get lesser and lesser, put it this way. So mm. you just need to introduce it to a data set and then it would do the even the, the the current manual part of annotating the data set like this is this is good this is bad Understood. that in itself would get fully automated and then it's the other areas of like uh, um, distributed training uh, whereby you can just you know rather than doing it on a single machine it's when you have got again within the realms of big data so that 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 is kind of already happening. It's just that now we need to, like the, the support for <clears throat> uh, certain algorithms exists, but uh, the current library of like, you know, whatever you can do on your machine and then trying to do, use the same algorithm and do it in a distributed fashion, that support is not 100% there for all the algorithms and not all the algorithms. They, they are amenable to distributed form of training but that's and then let's say the quantum computing so that will bring down our even if we stick to our current way of training that can bring down the training from even uh, in terms of like years down to days once okay. once we have our com quantum computers so yeah some something really exciting to look forward to yeah and a great topic for a future <laughs> discussion with oh, you. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I'd love to get into quantum computing. Um, so, great. I, Wajid, thank you so much for your time today. I know we went a bit over, but I found this extremely enlightening because uh, so many people I speak with, I work with, they understand data science, but when you ask about what lies behind some of these moving parts in a data science system, uh, there's often little understanding of that. And I think that having some conceptual understanding of that is useful to every IT and business professional right now because this has become so important to business operations worldwide. It's, it's a core part 
of how we are automating business and we need to understand it and we need to understand how it might be evolving because that will also impact how we can position it and use it moving forward. So, Washi, thank you again and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Yeah, my, my pleasure. And yeah, definitely have another round. All right. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn. 